Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore Geek, episode 111. I'm Andrew. I'm Becky. And today we are going to take a few minutes and talk about the fact that we are preparing to raise a small geek child. <laughs> yep. I wouldn't really say it's about geek parenting because we don't know anything about parenting yet. Geek parenting, actual parenting. Right. Any sort know, of. No, we don't know fucking anything. <laughs> we know nothing. We are <laughs> we are Jon Snow. We are going into this fully unprepared. That's not true. We've been buying diapers. <laughs> we have been buying diapers. We've been buying diapers. We have a stroller and a car seat now. Yeah. We've got like, a, like the absolute bare minimum if he shows up tomorrow. We might be able to keep him alive. That actually comes from a friend of mine, Corey. His wife that had their first child fairly early. I want to say in the 25 or 26 week range. Corey was telling me when, when we found out, he's like, yeah, kid showed up and I was at the hospital for the first couple of days. And then as soon as I left the hospital, I, uh, I went to Babies R Us and bought a bunch of crap because we had nothing. Yeah, we've been slowly stocking up on stuff. I have been buying some baby clothes and I really need to stop. <laughs> So this is actually the first time that we both have been on the podcast together since we announced that we're having a, uh, a child. That's true. It is, because you were, I mean, I'm on, you know, most of the time because I have nothing better to do with my life. Um, <laughs> and you were on with Tracy and Donnell, correct, with, for yes. Beauty and the Beast? Yes. You've actually been more involved in the podcast that people don't realize is that you have now taken over editing yes. responsibilities, uh, in part because of being pregnant and we, we've done a little shifting in household responsibilities and because I can reach the bottom of the washing machine better now I than you can't. can. I can't bend over like that. So you now you can sit in front of the computer and I can, you know, wash the clothes. <laughs> You can bend over and reach things. Right. <laughs> Who would think that you would be able to reach things lower down than I would be able to? You're supposed to get the t tall stuff. I'm supposed to get the short stuff. But right now I can get like whatever is in arm's reach. That's pretty much it. And even that's going to start diminishing here shortly as the stomach yeah. starts coming out further. Yeah. But we, you know, we figured we'd take a little bit of time to talk about this just because it's something obviously we have been spending a great deal of time talking about. And, you know, there are plenty of geek parents and soon to be geek parents out there. So this is is our take on things and take it or leave it you know and lots of people have been interested in how two geeks such as us will parent particularly yes. a lot of people have been asking about the name so we'll start off with saying we aren't actually going to announce the name until until Groot is born. Right. For, for one, actually, that's that actually has been his name so far is Groot, because I think I mentioned it's what happens when the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer drops two days before the ultrasound. Oh, look, it's small and cute. And oh, look, he's small and cute. And at the first ultrasound, he definitely looked like a little alien. So, yeah, well, they always I mean, that's just a thing. Yeah. When when he's basically just a mass of cells and not really human formed. Kind of has a head, couple limbs. Ish. <laughs> right, well, they're like little stubby hand looking things. Right. They're not really arms. They just kind of have like, like stick out with fingers. Yeah. But mostly he was just like kind of long stick looking. So he kind of looked like Groot. A little bit. So yeah, we're just calling him Baby Groot until he's born. We do have a name picked out. We just have decided not to reveal it because we don't really care what other people's opinions are. Yeah, that's fair. Because as soon as you say the name, somebody's going to say, oh, that was my ex-boyfriend or, oh, that's a stupid name. And I'm like, I really don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even care. I mean, in general, I don't care what other people's opinions are, but. Right. <laughs> now, but... When it comes, now when it comes to having a kid, I'm, I'm doubly like giving zero shits. Right. But I also don't want to hear anybody knock the name that oh, no. we've picked out. Yeah. 
and once the kid is here, it's a lot harder to say shit about it. And we like we've talked with your mother about this a couple of times. And a couple of names we had tossed out for girls. Your mother had reservations about one or two of them because of experiences she's had in her life, and I can understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, I really like some of those names, so right. I don't want to just dismiss them out of hand. So that's kind of why we're just holding on to it. Yeah. Plus, you know, when, when grandchild is you know adorably sleeping in arms, it's really hard to hate the name. Also, I think it's just fun to have people speculate because. Probably everybody is thinking that we're going to name him Luke or Han or something like that. So I don't know about Han. I mean, (laughs) I feel like the Luke thing has come up once or twice. Yeah. um, Although admittedly, most people know how evil I am. So they're like, well... No, we should name him Thanos or something. (laughs) I did get out. So a friend of of mine is uh, being very, very kind and has offered to make us a baby blanket. And so she at least wanted to know the initials. So we told her and the middle initial will be A. And her only response was, I swear to God, if if the middle name is Anakin. I was like, really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) I would like to think you know me better than that. I mean, we definitely looked at our favorite characters or lesser known characters, actors, when looking into names. We had a a discussion, I think it was actually before we found out we were pregnant, about trying to figure out how to make Bruce Wayne work. That was definitely a conversation. I don't think we ever successfully came to something that didn't sound completely stupid. Yeah. But, you know, looking at different names... Because picking out a name is hard. If you haven't gone through that process, it's very difficult because this kid's going to be stuck with that for the rest of their life. Until they change it to something dumber. Right. Uh, on like a compl- Zanzibar. No, on a completely side note, some dude, uh, I was reading an article today, it was the pitfalls of having changes, legally changing his name to Spider-Man. Oh, I, I didn't click on that. And you know, it's one of those things, like, first off, changing your name to Spider-Man is a stupid idea. Just don't do it. Step one, <laughs> dumb fucking plan. But but the other part of that is, I mean, it's all the little stuff you don't even think about. Like, it's problems with online dating. People just threw out his resume because they thought it was a joke. He had more rental car, train, and plane reservations canceled because they thought they were screwing with him. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. On that note, a friend of mine has the exact same name as his father. Not not even junior, just exact same name. On numerous occasions, when they were traveling as a family, they had gotten to like to the airport. The airline had canceled one of their tickets because they thought it was a duplicate reservation. Even after September 11th, like when you had to start putting in like date of birth and stuff, they were still not clever enough to like figure out it was two different people so his dad actually started anytime they, they started traveling his dad started using senior just to to be clear and his mom would have to call like a week in advance just to make sure and even still they frequently screwed it up yeah uh, he also actually ended up when he went to go buy a house they looked and there were already two mortgages in his name <laughs> because the bank had used the wrong social and his dad has the mortgage for their house and my friend's grandmother's house so they put the mortgages in the wrong name that took about a month to straighten out yeah Yeah, like names are so serious. It's such a big decision. When we were looking at names, we're both huge geeks. So we certainly were influenced by geek culture. But we also wanted to pick names that weren't going to be obviously geeky. And just in general, a little off the beaten path. Right. One of the girl names that I really liked, we're not having a girl, so we can talk about the girl names, was Felicity. And I was thinking about Felicity Jones, I think the actress is from Rogue One. Yes. Yeah, um, because Rogue One came out 
last December, which is when we were early in the pregnancy and getting the ultrasound and whatnot. So using actors and using characters as kind of inspiration, like Felicity isn't an obviously geeky name, but it was inspired by seeing Rogue One and the actress. Right. That's one of those I'll give Kevin Smith a lot of credit for because his daughter is named Harley, Kevin Smith being a huge Batman fan, and her middle name was Quinn. It Otherwise, it's just Harley Smith. Right. Now, my, one of my favorite things about that, though, is he's like, look, she let me get away with Harley Quinn. The next one's fucking Batman. Next kid, fucking Batman. Yeah. We're not doing. Well, there was also never another, never another kid, but. <laughs> but Quinn was another name we had thought about for a girl or for a middle name. And neither one of us are huge Harley Quinn fans, but it's a nice name. And yeah. And so it's when you're looking for inspiration, it doesn't even have to be a favorite character or a favorite actor. You know, just look for inspiration wherever. Yeah. So the other question that I have been asked a lot. I don't know if you've been asked a lot. Probably not because nobody thinks of men as decorators. Everybody thinks that women are obsessed with Pinterest and obsessed with having a perfect house. But when I announced that I was pregnant at work, one of the first questions I got was, so what's the nursery theme going to be? That wasn't one of the first questions I got. I did actually did get that a fair amount from either female coworkers or female friends or a couple a couple of my coworkers. Like my boss is a huge Star Wars nerd, too. So he, he asked, actually. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I do love Pinterest, but the idea of having a Pinterest-worthy nursery is not at all appealing. The The idea of putting in all of this money and all of this effort to make a gorgeous, perfectly coordinated nursery for a kid whose eyes won't even work for the first couple of months, it doesn't seem appealing. Well, so I'm not opposed to the idea of putting in the time and effort i know you do love a good project i do <laughs> i mean we, we, we and we have gotten a couple of good ones out of this one already so <laughs> but more than that part of the reason we're not doing it is time trying to get the nursery ready by the time Groot shows up we'll have been married just over a year and we've been living together for about two but we basically combined two three-bedroom houses into a single three-bedroom house it's a little cramped and well and we did it kind of in a rush it's a little cramped <laughs> right so the room that will be the nursery was kind of your craft room but it was just a lot of it was just full of stuff when we had to empty your house out yep so we've been spending a lot of that time going through the other thing is you know we're looking to move in like a year right so if from that regard i really don't want to spend super amounts of time and effort and whatnot getting a room together that we're only going to use for him for maybe eight months right you know when we move into a new house and it's going to be his room for a while yeah i'm going to put some effort into it why the hell not well and at that point i mean even if he's only a year old he will have some interests that have developed some things some favorite things that we can play upon at least like favorite colors or something right yeah i mean we'll know more about his personality and about him and so he can even at the age of one he can participate to a degree in the decorating process yeah but for now we're not gonna make this a gorgeous pinterest worthy nursery we did decide to do kind of a loose space theme because we've got a lot of star wars shit we've got a lot of guardians of the galaxy shit i have a lot of stitch stuff so space we figure that's all encompassing and it's also gender neutral we can reuse stuff in the future so i did take down all my disney princess prints off the wall however the pink curtains are the pink curtains are staying up and i don't care what anybody says he does not care that there are hot pink curtains and you know what I do, so I'm keeping my hot pink curtains up. 
Right. And if it makes my kid gay, oh well. I don't actually believe that <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. My thing is, I have to be comfortable in the room because I'm going to be spending the most time in there other than him. And he doesn't give a shit because he's a baby. Oh, he's going to give lots of shits. <laughs> So many, in fact. Yes, and I would like to be in my happy place when I am cleaning them up. I don't want to be in I, a I'm, room. Just, I'm trying to understand how your happy place is anywhere near a shitty baby diaper. It's better than the diapers I'm used to at the moment. I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just wondering how those two those two locations are anywhere near each other. If I'm already cleaning up shit, I don't want to be in a place that makes me more miserable. Which is why I don't want freaking big-eyed safari animals everywhere. It's such an overused... Ah, it's so babyish. Like, I don't want it to be an overly babyish nursery. Which I realize is contradictory, but I don't care. It's going to be my room more than it is his... Yes, he's sleeping in it, but he's going to spend most of the time in there unconscious. So... Right, because if he's awake, he's probably going to be out with us. Right. So it doesn't need to be cutesy and adorable and filled with animals. I mean, we've got some stuffed animals. I have no problem with animals. We love animals. We have three. My grandmother sent him his first bunny. My grandmother collects like all kinds of various rabbit figurines and like literally has hundreds of them. And so she sent a couple of months ago, sent us his first rabbit. Yes. And my sister got him a stuffed turtle. So not opposed to animals, but I don't need the nursery to be baby themed. Our life is already going to be taken over by a baby. I don't need a constant reminder that there is a baby there. I think I'll be reminded enough. So I'd rather have like my prints of Stitch up that are in the proper colors rather than the baby version of Stitch in like the pastel blue. Right. That's just my opinion. If you have an adorable big eyed safari nursery, that's fine. You're terrible. What are you doing? No. But my personal preference is to just put up my own stuff and make it a room that I'm comfortable in, that he is also comfortable in. Yeah. But as long as he's got somewhere to sleep and somewhere we can change his butt, I don't think he's going to care all that much. No, not at this point. No, not so much. So I'm leaving the pink curtains up. Obviously, you don't have a problem with it. And even I had to put them up. I'm not taking them the fuck down. <laughs> that was hard enough getting them up there. Right. And if you did have a problem with it, well, then... If I had a problem with it, then I'd have to make the decision, do I hate them enough to take them down? I thoroughly believe in what I like to refer to as efficiency through laziness. <laughs> So, I mean, I learned this from a guy at work where he would just get everything done that he could so he didn't have to do any work after about two o'clock. He was willing to do anything for me. Once he got his stuff done, he was basically checked out, right? It's efficiency through laziness. I am a firm believer. How much do I really feel the need to do that? And is it more than how lazy I feel right now? We are going to repaint the dresser in the room because the dresser that's in his room is my old dresser from when I was like 10 years old. And it's got pastel ribbons and flowers on it. But And it's also been chewed up by the dog. Yeah, we picked up the dresser yesterday from, from our storage unit. And I asked, like, hey, do you have any issues with me painting it? You're like, no, absolutely not. I've wanted to do it for years. I was actually not commenting on the paint scheme of the dresser as the condition of the dresser and the paint like it's pretty rough right now and i just wanted to make it look good and more durable and 
whatnot. Well, and also the chewed up part is right where Baby is going to be at his level when he's on the floor. So yeah, yeah the, the dog has uh, took an interest in it when he was a puppy. So we got to go fix that. Yeah. Speaking of the dog, he is enrolled in puppy classes. At seven and a half years old, he's going to puppy classes to help prep for his new little brother. That's not going to go well, I still say. He's already a jealous little shit. He's going to be even worse. I mean, I like the dog. I love it. But like... <gasps> Did you say you love the dog? It's all right. I'll delete it out after you're done. <laughs> no, I mean, but he is just, he gets so jealous. This is just going to be so, this is going to be tough on him. I'm convinced that Kaylee, one of the cats, is just going to imprint on him. Kaylee barely likes anyone, tolerates me, right? That's about as good as we get. I feel like we're going to like go in into the room and she's just going to be cuddled up with the baby purring probably but no the dog he is definitely a mama's boy and it was me and him for like five years and then you came along that's not 100 percent true it was you and him and dunkle matt and emerson and also doug doug i mean he's had a lot of friends in his life but it's been him and mommy for a long time. And then you came along and you became that guy. Mommy, that guy is in my spot. Mommy, tell that guy to leave me alone. This is actually going to be the first time that you are daddy. Because to the cats, you are big dumb cat. I am big dumb cat. And to the dog, you are that guy. So the big dumb cat thing is, I found an article somewhere years ago that postulated that dogs see you as their master, their owner. Cats see you as a bigger, dumber cat that doesn't know how to act like a cat. Makes sense. That's why they help bathe you and things like that. They sh- that's how they show you affection, but it's also, mm, you're not doing a very good job of bathing yourself. Let me let me help. This is, this is how you're supposed to do this. That's why they bring you dead mice and stuff because they think you don't know how to hunt. Yeah, you're basically incompetent and so you are big dumb cat. So you are big dumb cat and you are that guy. So when Groot comes, it's the first time you're going to be a daddy. Yep. Whereas I've been mommy for seven years to the dog. Yeah, I think this is still going to be a little different though. Yeah, probably. As needy as the dog is, I don't think he's going to compare anywhere near Groot. Probably not. But we are a little nervous about him being jealous because he is pretty emotionally attached to his mommy. And it's only gotten worse God, through yes. the pregnancy. Holy um, shit. Just animals know. He knew well, they, pretty they, early they sense, on. They sense changes in hormones. Right. Yeah, yeah. And... In addition to changes in hormones, lately we've been cleaning the house, we've been prepping, um, moving furniture around, things in his environment have been changing. He knows that something big is coming. And he is very much like a cat in the way that he hates fucking change. Which is why he comes and he poops in your office, because he doesn't like the change that you represent. Yeah, he's really lucky he's lived through that. (laughs) He's so cute, though. It's the only redeeming quality he has. And even that's tenuous at best. (laughs) Oh, he's adorable. I'm not disagreeing he's adorable. The fact that it's a redeemable quality is tenuous. Eh, whatever. Yeah, so we're trying to prep the animals. Um, So the dog is going to puppy dog class to learn how to walk on a leash after seven years. So that when the baby comes, I can walk the dog and push a stroller at the same time without my arm being ripped off by the dog. Right. Okay, so how are we going to indoctrinate this kid into geek culture? I mean, it's starting early. Yes. Like before birth. <laughs> like the fact that you're wearing a Star Wars Infinity shirt. <laughs> that was one of the first things I did when I found out I was pregnant. Is I went on to Groupon and they had maternity shirts and I bought a couple of Star Wars maternity shirts. The one I'm wearing right now has a Death Star over the belly area and it says that's no moon. And I have another one that... 
uh, says the force is strong with this one. When, hey. And when we announced the sex of Groot, uh, we did it with my lightsaber from the wedding. Right. You then also photoshopped in mouse ears and a lightsaber onto the um, ultrasound, uh, the ultrasound picture. Yep. I mean, yep. We're, we're starting this early because, you know, it's never too early. It, it is never too early. We've already started purchasing some books. We have a bedtime story called Night Night Groot that was just released a couple weeks ago. Before we knew it, I had found a bunch of dorbs at barnes and noble on super clearance a buck a piece or something stupid you know those big red dot stickers at yeah barnes and noble i bought all of them they have a giant sized rocket raccoon it's like you know so we call him groot so he has his own rocket now yeah so we're starting the indoctrination early i know i referenced pinterest before and how i don't need a pinterest worthy nursery but i do have a pinterest board on baby cosplay so there are some really cute costumes we are already planning an early picture with he and i i have my batman t-shirt and he has a batman onesie already got the batman onesie on consignment one dollar woohoo so yeah i mean the fun things like that yeah and we are going to be going to california for a wedding in october and we will be bringing him to disneyland corporate overlord land so that will be his first adventure and your mom was like you know he's not gonna remember that i was like it has nothing to do with him it is all about me i want to go and i want my baby to go i don't think i've been in disneyland since i was about 10 it's been a while for me too in disney world before we went last year it was about 14 years for me at that 14 or 15 years it was, you know, it was 31 and i would I was 16 when I went before that. So yeah, about 15 years. Whereas I usually go once a year. I haven't been though since we went right Right. after we got engaged. But yeah, we want to start the indoctrination early. There are some adorable geeky onesies out there and I want to buy them all but I need to stop if you would like to donate a onesie to therefore I (laughs) (laughs) just 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 direct messages yeah (laughs) in terms of doctors like there's a lot of things I am looking forward to introducing him to I mean Star Wars is like top of that list I don't remember the first time I saw Star Wars all the way through. I do remember the first time I was introduced to any of Star Wars. It made no sense. We're on a, on a big cross-country family road trip. I'm the child of two teachers, so we weren't ever going hungry. But we were certainly also trying to be economical with our, our finances. So, you know, we had one hotel room with two beds. So I was in one with my sister and my parents were in the other. And I remember waking up. My dad couldn't sleep or something, so he had the TV on. And... I don't remember the exact scene, but it was some part of Empire Strikes Back where Luke is on Dagobah. I know it was that much. I remember watching for a few minutes and I go to my dad like, what are you watching? He's like, Star Wars. Okay. And I went back to sleep. But I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I know in sixth grade, I was wearing a Cleopatra costume and lots of adults were coming up to me and saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And I was like, I don't get it. And so later my dad yeah, that sounds that like that sounds me. like something your dad would like. <laughs> in the back of your dad's head he said uh oh oh I've done something wrong here I need to fix this right <laughs> and obviously when we introduce Star Wars to Groot he will be starting with episode 4 he, let's be honest he'll be starting young because we're sitting in my office to record and we are surrounded by Star Wars everything I've got Star Wars posters up my sideshow figures my Legos the Black Series figures I've got, I've got a ton of Star Wars stuff in here and we're not just talking the basic movies we're talking extended universe 
figures. I've got four sideshow figures, and three of them are from Clone Wars. I've got Rex, I've got Fives, and I have Cad Bane when he's in the Stormtrooper costume. And, and then I have Boba Fett, but, you know, it's Boba Fett. Why the fuck not? Cad Bane in a Stormtrooper costume. You can't get much more specific than that. Oh, he's trying. Mm. Off the top of my head, I'm a little challenged, but <laughs> but if I were given the appropriate amount of time. Yeah, he's also got a Mara Jade figure. I've got the figure. I've got the oversized card behind me. I have all of the cards from when I was a kid in the closet. There's a few things around. So Star Wars is going to be a big influence in this kid's life. Anything Disney owned, really. Star Wars, Marvel uh-huh. Comics. At this point, there are very few of the actual like classic Disney movies that have been released on Blu-ray that we don't own yeah pinocchio's next on my list <laughs> yeah and, and i mean there's some that just haven't been released i'm thinking like black cauldron rescuers yeah. rescuers i under- have black cauldron on dvd i believe i'm trying to keep up with you know whatever the format is right we've got a lot it's one of the things i'm looking forward to and i think this is one of the things to look forward to with kids in general star wars has brought me joy it has that's a statement of fact and i want to share those things that i enjoy so much with my children now they're going to find their own things to do sure but like just like my dad shared you know his love of certain things with me his love of books and of history and museums going to baseball games taking me to dairy queen like all those kinds of things that my dad did with me i want to do those kinds of things with my son and i'm really excited to do that i'm just looking forward to dressing him up in geeky onesies so we each have our thing look since i'm doing laundry right now i'm looking forward to letting the kid run around in a diaper well and that's fair he's gonna be born in july so you yeah, can get a, away with that <laughs> he's gonna be born in july and we live in south southeastern virginia at, at that point of the year you don't breathe air it's kind of a a drink really is what it is right and not a refreshing one either so aside from the indoctrination what are you looking forward to most i'm really looking forward to raising a boy and that's gonna sound really bizarre i was convinced he was a girl i have always wanted to have girls. That's all I've ever known because I grew up with a sister and I didn't have any brothers. I was raised by a very strong feminist mother. I was just surrounded by a lot more women than men in my life. And of course, we say women and men aren't that different. And that's, you know, something that's very important to feminism. But it's it's also not true to an extent. Yeah, I would say... It's a yes and a no from a lot of perspectives in terms of mental capabilities and all that kind of... Th- yeah, equality is, is a given. It should be a given. And nothing tells us there isn't physiologically. But in terms of emotionally and like how we process things, there's absolutely a difference. And that's fine. Right. Different is okay. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to learn about boys and learn, learn how boys are different. And We're also, dumb. well, yes, when I was in college, my roommate Ashley and I had a dry erase board on our refrigerator and we had a tally of how many times we said boys are dumb in a day because boys are dumb. But <laughs> I'm excited to learn boy things, to raise a boy and to raise somebody who's going to be open-minded i'm i'm really excited despite all the turmoil in this world i'm excited to raise the future generation that can hopefully bring us together and i'm excited to teach him the things i love but also teach him things that are important i i'm a teacher i love to teach and i'm excited to be able to relate to other people like i said i'm a teacher i've been surrounded by kids and parents for a long time and now to finally have one of my own that's a different perspective it is it is and it's an important perspective i've always tried to see things from other people's perspective 
but there's only so much you can do. And I definitely know I've been more emotional when thinking about the parent-child relationship ever since becoming pregnant. You know, when I see mothers and sons together, I just, I I get really emotional thinking about how that's going to be in the future. I'm also mildly and not mildly looking forward to that first time. I go, what in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> now, now the, the problem is he's going to be like three months old when that happens, because that's a phrase I use all the time already. Yeah, I've pretty much given up hope of him not learning curse words early on. I, I can try. It's okay. I, I don't want you to change too much. <laughs> I don't want you to hurt yourself trying to censor yourself. I have only said fuck twice on some assembly required in 27 episodes. Ooh. And I bleeped one of them out. <gasps> ah. Both were in regards to Silver Age Thor gives no fucks. Because he doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, there's that. I'm concerned about screwing him up. And and I don't mean that from like a I raised him in Bradley or something. I mean I'm I'm worried about like the I'm not I don't drop him on his head in the first fucking week. That's where I'm at. See, I'm worried about the other version of screwing him up. I can't control what happens for the next eighteen years. Right. Those first couple of weeks though, when I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Yeah, by the time he's like 10, I have at least a ballpark plan of what I'm doing. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but I have at least a little bit of a groundwork there. August 1st, I'm fucked. Well, that's why we're going to childbirth class. Right, because that's going to fix it. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's going to keep me from really fucking up, but let's be honest, we're both fucking clumsy. (laughs) What? No. The dog's a needy little shit and gets in the way. The cats are fucking ninjas. Somebody's if we gonna don't fall. drop this kid in the first month, it'll be a fucking miracle. That's my level of worry right now. In a couple of years, we can talk about if I'm going to screw him up for the rest of his life. From from a parenting, am I teaching him right from wrong perspective? Where did I go wrong perspective? Like that part, we'll talk about that in a couple of years. The did I drop him on his head and cause brain damage is where I'm worried about right now. Yeah. Being a special ed teacher, I'm just constantly worried. I'm... <laughs> On the one hand, I know how to handle pretty much any situation because I've dealt with pretty much every situation, but I'm still like convinced that something's going to go wrong because I forget that 99% of the time things go right. So again, both of my parents are special ed teachers and I have actually had that conversation with my parents. Our definition of normal at home when I was growing up was anything but normal because what my parents were used to being around all the time and dealing with is they dealt with whatever whenever anything went in the absolute worst wrong. Right. My parents lived with and dealt with the statistical improbabilities. And it changes what you define as normal. On one hand, that was really cool for me as a kid because it exposed me to so much, so many different things. And I I think it just, it made me a more open-minded, accepting person. God, could you imagine if I weren't this open-minded and accepting? How much more of an asshole I'd be? Um, And I probably shouldn't have brought that up because now our marriage is probably in doubt. Uh, I, I was going to say, if, uh, if you were less open-minded, we probably wouldn't be together and this baby probably wouldn't be happening. So. Yes, well. At the same time, it drove me a little bit nuts with my folks because things that most people did in their in their childhood, there were times my parents were like, absolutely not. Certain things, yeah, they're unsafe. You know, my parents had just this massive prohibition about riding in the back of a pickup truck. And I can understand that for on the road or on the distance. But I remember my mom getting really angry at my friend's dad for driving us around the corner like that. Yeah. Less than an eighth of a mile. Or like any kind of powered ATV or like a jet ski or anything like that because of the potential for accident. It's statistically unlikely. So it was a very interesting part of my childhood, you know, where it was normal was different and it was good and it was 
I don't say bad. Bad's not the right word, but it was. It certainly had an impact in in both directions. Yeah, and I have been around enough helicopter parents that I know that that is not going to be me. Kids need to play in the dirt. Kids need to. Oh yeah. Get. They need to fall down. They need to get hurt. They need to. That's how you learn. I've seen the worst that can happen. My kids. My students right now have some of the most severe disabilities in the entire state. I'll point out, when I talk about my folks being special ed teachers, the population you teach is currently the population my father used to teach for about two decades back in Arizona. Right. And I know that statistically, it is highly unlikely that anything that severe is going to happen to our kids. So I know that, but I also, I have a very skewed sense of what is normal. People would ask me, oh you're a teacher is my kid doing okay for second grade or sixth grade or can you take a look at some of this stuff and tell me if if he's on grade level and I'm like I have no idea what grade level is my students are not there right and that's not entirely true I have taught students with disabilities who are on grade level have you taught any in like that young though like elementary school level? Elementary. I, I know you had a number of high school students you taught that were at grade level. I actually have my first year teaching. I did teach a couple of students who were really at grade level at elementary age. Most of the time when people think special ed, they think like Down syndrome and whatnot. And special ed is a very wide spectrum. If you actually want to be, be perfectly honest, gifted students are also considered special ed. Yeah. Because they are outside normal. So I have seen pretty much everything. And so on the one hand, I know everything that could happen. And on the other hand, I also know how unlikely it is. Right. So, yeah, but I do, I worry about the future a lot. And that's just a thing I do. You know, we were both socially awkward kids and teenagers and dealt with depression and stuff like that. And obviously that's something that I hope our children can avoid. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, having gone through it, it's different for every person, but you can at least... I think we'll handle ourselves. (laughs) We'll have a better understanding. Yeah. I'd like to think we're better socially adjusted adults, but you know, eh, I'm probably only about two steps away from a sociopath, so... (laughs) If sociopaths can act normal, so can I. (laughs) Right. That's comforting. That's what you want to hear from your partner in life. Yep. That's what you want to hear from the person who's going to help raise your child. But yeah, I mean, there's certainly concerns, but at the same time, there's nothing you can do about it. There's not a whole lot of preventative measures you can take. The kids that I work with, they're all, it was either a complication at birth that was unavoidable, a brain tumor or a regressive illness. And it's very rare that a disability is caused by something that's preventable. So... Well, and I I would say the difference on that one is a lot of my dad's students were a lot a number of them were near drownings a couple of them were car accidents of some kind yeah like i said these are the statistical anomalies these are right. this is not the normal right i suspect we are going to have a perfectly quote-unquote normal kid as normal as normal as, as we can get yeah as normal as this particular set of, this particular gene pool is capable of producing which is not Nor- yeah not very normal but you know normal is a relative term within um. within a couple of standard deviations what are you hoping for? Mutant, Jedi, or uh, wizard? <laughs> I mean, wizard... Uh, You're not a huge Harry Potter. No, I mean, I appreciate Harry Potter, but uh, Jedi's are just such tools sometimes. Though. Let's go with mutant. Okay, I think I would go with mutant also. Just as long as they have something cool. Not like, I don't know, porcupine quills. That would be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's yeah. a, about it. There'll probably be more of these podcasts in the future as we continually fuck up our way through parenting. But yeah, it'll be fun for someone, I think. So what have you been into? 
I recently rediscovered my love for the musical 1776 and introduced my loving husband to it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney plays John Adams. Super young Mr. Feeney. Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, you should totally. It's great. And Gwyneth Paltrow's mother. Yes. Blythe Danner plays Martha Jefferson. After I found out that you hadn't seen it, I went and bought the Blu-ray off of Amazon. And then after we watched it, then I downloaded the soundtrack because now I, I go into phases of obsession with musicals yep. i like hey yep just accept it i mean after we saw book of mormon you downloaded that yeah you were never the the huge hamilton obsessive no i did download the soundtrack sure, but... it, it's a good soundtrack but not anywhere near as much as like most people we know who are theater people right i've also started watching this is us because everybody has been so into it and i was just like what is the deal with this and i'm about halfway through and i think it's good i don't think i'm as obsessed with it as so other people. i think the acting is good i think the characters are somewhat rough there are a few times where i'm just like a lot of these situations seem forced they're trying to cover a lot of topics a lot of material and so they kind of have to like shoehorn stuff in yeah um and it's also got the funky timeline thing see that i know that bothers you yeah. after having watched a few tarantino films <laughs> like, like pulp fiction if you can sit through pulp fiction be perfectly fine after the first watch very little of that kind of stuff will mess with well it's funny because the funky timeline aspect has made me think about re-watching lost um we'll see if i actually do that but well you and i started watching lost you know, like four or five episodes like you you watched lost you enjoyed lost yes i just could not get into it and here's the thing i didn't get into it at first. I didn't watch it all the way through. I watched like the first season, some episodes, and I was just like, this is stupid. I can't get into it. And then once the series was finished, I decided to binge watch it. And once you've seen the whole thing, then you're like, oh, this is great. But it's kind of... It's kind of like your complaint with DC movies where you have to see the director's cut before you can appreciate it. You have to kind, see the kind, whole series kind of, before you can. But like the comparison there would be if I needed to see the whole movie. Like they don't cut things out of the show. They just don't explain them to later. Right. I love stuff when it makes sense at the end. My problem with Lost is it moves so slow in the beginning and gives you nothing to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's what drove me nuts about Lost. I lost interest in it. The director's cut of DC films is your the movie you release in theater should make sense and I shouldn't need to go see it again with 45 minutes of crap added it back in for me to think this was a passable movie. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the first season of Lost is it's a little slow to get into, but once you introduce the Dharma Initiative and all this other stuff. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, or at least that's my reaction. So maybe we'll get into it at some point. Perhaps. What have you been up to? Well, we just finished watching the first half of season two of Rebels. Yes. Which is exciting. Probably watch a little bit more of that this week. They just recently announced season four at Star Wars Celebration last weekend, I think. Season four will be the last season of Rebels, so I've only got, you know, another season and a half to catch up on before season four starts. Although, I don't know, we don't have cable, so I can't watch it live. I have to, like, watch it when it comes out, when they eventually release it. I have been working more on my Infinity Gems panel research. I still don't have a date and a time for that yet. It will be, obviously, at Tidewater Comic Con May 13th and 14th at Virginia Beach, so please come out and check it out. And when I have more information, I will pass it along. I was moving at a really solid, good clip for a while, and then I hit the crossover events with other publishers, and it just came to a screeching halt. I think I've gotten through nine or ten issues in an entire week 
the the Avengers JLA crossover isn't bad. Busick writing it, George Perez doing the art. It's reasonably good. The crossover with Malibu comics is just bad. It's just fucking bad. I'm and, sorry. Yeah, and I just I had to like force my way through that. It was just like, oh my god. Oh, this is everything that is wrong with the nineties. The nineties were awesome. Not in comics, they weren't. The nineties in comics gave us Rob Liefeld. Beggy's looking at me <laughs> I'm fine. like, I don't Rob, know what that Rob means. Liefeld, <laughs> Rob Liefeld created Deadpool and, and Cable. Ah. He was an artist that was like, hey, things just need to look cool. You know, but they don't really care about what the plot is or anything like that. He was the writer and artist on Avengers. And his art was, his art's gotten a lot better, but it was bad at the time. There's a famous panel of Captain America where Cap is just so grossly out of proportion. It's, it's offensive. <laughs> I will find it and put it in the show notes and I'll, I'll show it to Becky here. I, I want to get this reaction on recording. Oh goodness. Is this like the way that female superheroes are crazily proportioned? So admittedly, the 90s is somewhat at fault. Female superheroes have always been very well proportioned, but the 90s was worse. The clothing got less. Uh, they became more generic, I think, at that point. It even autocompletes in Google. <laughs> what did you type? Rob Liefeld, Captain America. Dear God, he's got bosoms. His chest is larger than mine. And mine's pretty big at the moment, being pregnant. It's bad. Like, yeah. his, his head is tiny. Yeah. Nobody's chest sticks out that much. Yeah, this is what happened to comics in the 90s. Also, like, also, what is his shield supposed to protect? Right. Also, Rob Liefeld didn't draw feet very well. <laughs> so he just cut kind them of, off. Kind of hid them, or they were just little kind of rectangles. There's a few instances where he was known to draw extra fingers because he was just rushing and didn't care and count. It looks like his chest is facing us, but his head is in profile. Except for the fact that you only see one arm. Right. It just... That is just... No, it, no, it looks like he has, you know, 100 pounds worth of tumor on his chest. <laughs> that is so disturbing. Yeah, it's really bad. But I haven't been reading anything by Rob Liefeld at the moment, but Rob Liefeld was working for Marvel. So at the time, Rob Liefeld was at the peak of his career and Marvel DC, that's like the pinnacle of what you can achieve. So just think of what the other publishers were doing at the time trying to copy his crap. Ugh. Yeah. It was also at that time where everyone's like, it has to be extreme and darkness. and that That's pretty extreme. <laughs> oh, that kind of stuff it's just oh oh fuck god damn it so but i am literally i'm at the last issue of all the crossover stuff uh, i'm at the avengers jla issue four and then once i'm done with that i'm back into late 2000s marvel comics when i got into comics so i'm in home territory here Woohoo! Yep. all right if you like what we do make sure you head on over to thereforegeek.com you can check out our blog posts and our podcasts you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on itunes soundcloud stitcher and youtube and you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter so once again i'm andrew i'm becky and i have to pee and take a nap and you've been listening to therefore i geek <laughs>